Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. All right, welcome back in, everybody, to the Leaning into Leadership podcast. This is episode number 27, and we are chasing greatness today on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Why would we be chasing greatness? Because our guest, Mr. Don Epps, is all about chasing greatness. If you don't know who Don Epps is, let me tell you this. Don is a 20-year veteran educator. He's been a classroom teacher. He's been a coach. He's been a high school principal. And currently, Don is the middle school principal in Chinook, Kansas, proudly repping the Royster Rocket Nation. Don is all about chasing greatness. It's got him featured in national publications and on a lot of podcasts. And really what Don is all about is school culture. He is somebody who brings so much energy, so much passion, and so much love to every single person who is a part of his circle. I love spending time with Don. We had an incredible conversation recently, and I cannot wait for you to have an opportunity to listen in. Before we do that, folks, let's have a quick conversation about professional learning. I've heard from a number of districts throughout the last few weeks that they really want to focus on giving their teachers plenty of time to open the school year. And I think that's an incredible idea. I think we need to do everything we can to value, honor, and respect our teachers. But I also believe that it's worthwhile for teachers to hear that uplifting, inspiring message to begin their school year. And that's where Road to Awesome comes in. The message that Road to Awesome is bringing this year to schools all across the United States is one of hope, of promise, of inspiration, and a reminder that the work that we do each and every day has a positive and profound impact on the life of a kid. When we choose to focus on the things we can actually control and let go of the things that we can't, when we remember that we rise by lifting others and when we remember that we have the opportunity to change the world one conversation at a time, that's when the magic really happens. If you're thinking about getting that person to come in to speak, to bring that inspirational message to your staff, reach out, folks. Let's have a conversation. My calendar is filling up quickly, but I really want to come to your school. I want to come and spend a little bit of time with your staff and then follow up during the course of the year. This is not one and done professional development, folks. This is about supporting you and your staff to have the best school year they can possibly have. Let's get your school on the road to awesome. Let's set your staff up for success. Reach out, shoot me an email, shoot me a direct message. Everything you need to know is in the show notes. Let's have a conversation. Now, speaking of conversations, an absolutely incredible conversation with Don Epps awaits you now. I will see you on the other side. All right, Don, thanks so much for joining me on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. Um, Always great to connect with you. It's great to see you wearing your Rocket Nation red. I know listeners can't see you, but I can. And brother, you look amazing. It's just really super to connect with you today. Well, thank you so much, Darren. You're always you're one of my educational heroes, and I, I learned so much from you, and, and not only from your books and all everything you do, but this podcast has been a real blessing in education. I I, I have to I, I listen through it first when I exercise. 
then I get all my ahas and then I have to go back and listen to it probably two or three more times and then type things up and type my notes up. And, and you're done such a, you're such a incredible attribute to education. And we just really appreciate everything you're doing. So thank you. Well, thank you, Donna. Appreciate that. Uh, the check is in the mail. Uh, thanks for the, uh, thanks for, thanks for the plug there. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about who Don Epps is. I, I'm sure probably all of my listeners know who you are, but just, just real quick snippet, man. Uh, let people know who Don Epps is, where you're coming from, what you're all about. Yeah. I born and raised in the Midwest of the United States and in, in Southeast Kansas. And it's a Honey hole where you can you grow up working hard. We my family owned grain elevators growing up, and so holding a scoop shovel or hauling feet into the midnight hour, you just did what it took to get to make yourself better and to help help a cause bigger than yourself. I absolutely love the idea of kids being a part of something bigger than themselves because I felt I was a part of that growing up. And so as a building principal working in Western Missouri, Eastern Kansas throughout my career, I always tried to get kids connected to something they could be proud of, make them feel like they're a huge part of whatever they're, whether it's a sports team, a classroom or entire school building. We want kids to, to think every day, if I'm not at school, the school's not as good as it could be because I'm not in it. And that's something that we really take a lot of pride in. And so I'm, I, I'm, I'm a risk taker. I'm there's really no mold for me. Uh, that's a good thing in education. We don't need another Don Epps and that's a good thing. Okay. But I, but I, <laughs> if we fail, we fail, you know, if, if, but we're going to do what's best for kids and we're, we're going to try to do what's best for kids. And even if it doesn't work out, we're going to learn from it and grow from it and do the best we can. I'm so blessed to be part of so many great educators lives. And, and right now we we're working so hard with some amazing teachers to, to give the kids the best learning experience possible. I, you know, I love everything that you just said there. Um, I, I wish, honestly, folks, that you could see what what I see. I know you're hearing it, and I I know you're hearing the passion in Don's voice. But but just to watch him, I mean, we're just talking like introduction, and you're bouncing around your office pretty much. Uh, you know, if, if you've if if you've ever listened to to any of of Don's videos, you know him out riding his bike all all over uh, multiple parts of of Kansas. Pretty much anywhere uh, from Chanute that you can get on a bicycle, you're going to find Don uh, doing a doing a video or doing something with his son Charlie. Um, but there's always just so much passion and just so much energy that that you bring. So number one, I just want to say thank you for that because you know as we went through the pandemic um, and probably a lot of people don't know this, but you and I met in person right before yep. the pandemic. Uh, mm -hmm. in February of 2020, um, yep. at, uh, Pitt, at Pitt state in Kansas, uh, at a yes. job fair, actually met in person, um, a, a day that, that I'll always treasure. It was just, just absolutely wonderful. And we hired two awesome teachers when we were there, but, uh, um, you know, throughout the pandemic, man, the energy that you brought to everything, to just bringing, bringing a little bit of light into a really dark situation was was really appreciated. So folks, I'm telling you, that's exactly what you're going to get from Don Epps every time you talk with him. And um, so here you are. I mean, you're you're right there. Uh, school is out right now, but you're right there standing there in, in the home of Rocket Nation, right there at your at your middle school. And what what are you working on right now? What are, what are the things that as a school leader, because I think a lot of people don't know this. What do school leaders do? after the kids and the teachers go home for the summer? Well, that's when the fun begins. I, I, hint, hint. The best part about school is kids and the teachers. That's the best part. 
And you always think when you, as a principal, you always think, okay, once the kids go for the summer and then when the teacher's in after their trainings and their end of the year, they, they leave for the summer. You always think, okay, now I can decompress. It's never that way. You know that, Darren, it's never that way. There are <laughs> yeah. so many things that you put on the back burner that has to be done, but they're not they don't have the quite urgency level. So state reports and all that stuff. So the first couple of weeks, three weeks, I'm just trying to get compliance with state, all that. But that's not the fun part. The fun part is the vision. Anything can happen in the summertime. Okay. You can vision it out and, and you and you start resetting yourself, thinking, okay, you think about the possibilities. So now it's time to take those that wide open vision and you got to put it into a plan. And we worked so hard in spring building in for this next school year, but now we have we have the feedback from the teachers. And we know where they where they want to go. We know where the kids want to go. And now we have to get that into a into a systematic plan that's going to hopefully be the very best for everybody. And so right now we have a lot of changes coming up in the next school year. And turn, how we're reporting grades going to change. Uh, we're still going to be evidence based learning, but we're going to show show the growth of learning a little bit differently. And for the students, also we are we're we're celebrating some really awesome. Some test scores. Now, we're not all about testing here, but once again, the state makes us do it. And if we're going to do it, we're going to do our best on it. And and we're so proud of, of how that process went with how we did our testing. And then results showed uh, great growth. So right now, I'm in the process of getting those that feedback back to the parents and trying to stay out of the, the, the weeds on that. It's so easy to dive into the weeds. And the parents want to yeah. see the overall. They want to they see something. They, they, they want to make it clear, simple, and concise. And that's what I'm working on. And also, it's not about a test score necessarily, but it's about what it did for the kids. And we believe that the way we do testing, it helps our kids be a part of something special, like I said earlier. And uh, we, it, we take a real state championship mentality to it. We had a had a board member say uh, it's a Super Bowl of testing. And and, when, and once again, it's it's really people say, well, you just really overemphasize testing. If they, if they want to not really know what we're doing. No, we're really just kind of putting it back in everyone's face saying, hey, if we're going to do it, we're going to make it a fun, and exciting experience. You know, chasing greatness is a lot about taking something mundane or something boring and flipping it and making it into an exciting event. And and I was talking to Vicky the other day about because I something I take a lot of pride in taking something this ordinary thing and making it into a spectacle, you know, and that's something that I'm <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I just like oh, I'm it's like, your yeah, forte, I, man. That is so I, your forte. <laughs> so I want to take something. So I want I want kids to smile. I want them to be excited, and uh, and I want teachers to. I don't ever want a teacher to say, "Hey, I'm going, I'm going to work." I if a teacher says I'm going to work, then we're we're failing them. Okay, we want I get to go to school. That's what we want them thinking about. I get to go to a learning experience, and so so as a result, we're working so hard on closing out all the incredible things from this school year, and then then revamp moving into the next school year. Already, there are all these things that we want to get accomplished next year, but we have to make sure we stay the fo- keep the focus narrowed on what's best for our kids, what's going to have the highest impact for our kids, and get all the rest of the crap out of the equation. In education, we get we, we get surrounded so much in stuff that don't truly impact learning. That that's what good leaders do, I believe, is they can separate the stuff that does not impact learning. Still get it done. It has to be done. We know it has to be done. We know we have to stay in compliance, but then really narrow the folks back into what 
is that connection in the classroom between the teacher and kids and try to make sure that's reconnected and that's the best it possibly can be. Then as a school, what can we do to make this the best place for students to feel safe, comfortable, and excited about learning? So that's that's what we have going on right now. I'm I'm pumped up. One thing I love doing in the summers in particular is just being very reflective and going through a yearbook and just look at each individual kid in the yearbook and say, hey, how do we best serve that kid? Do we feel that kid had a connection? Finding our positive leaders out of that yearbook. And how can we, the kids that are coming back to us, how can we empower these kids to have the greatest impact? That's that's so what you do such a wonderful job, Darren. You, you go and... Darren's like a five tool. If you, you ever think about a five tool, like a five tool baseball player, they can hit, they can, they can feel, they do all the things. Darren's a five tool. He could come to your school and not only lead your principal, lead your staff, and then, and then take your kids into a, such a, a passion that they're going to go out and make a difference. And that's something that we want to do is, is have our kids be, feel like they're empowered to make that difference every day in the classroom. So that's what we're working on right now. Our, our back to school agenda, it's like 19 pages right now. We've got to narrow it down because we believe every idea can be a good idea. Every idea can be something positive, but then we have to narrow it into the focus of what our, our vision is. And then we'll narrow it down. But right now we're pretty pumped up. And so I can't, I don't sound like I'm pumped up. I am really excited. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> you, you sound a little bit like you're pumped up, maybe just, just a little bit, you know, not, no. not every, not every school leader in, uh, in June when we're recording this um, is as fired up as, as you are. Um, and that's something I appreciate about you is, you know, you're, you're always going to bring that genuine energy and that genuine fire to everything that you do. And, you know, you, you hit on a bunch of things that, that I want to chase. And so I'm, I'm like in my own mind right now, I'm trying to decide which, which element do I want to chase first? Um, and I think, I think where I want to go, and I don't want to spend a lot of time here, but it is a big event and it's amazing how you have turned the mundane, the, testing week or testing season. I mean, it's crazy that in education now we actually have something we call testing season. Um, but, but you have turned it into just an absolute spectacle. I mean, Testapalooza in Chinook, Kansas is an incredible event. Just, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, give the, the helicopter flyover version of what that looks like so that maybe other, other listeners are like, Hey, I can do something cool you know, not recreate Testapalooza, but maybe I can steal an idea from Don Epps. Yeah. So the, the number one thing is it, it's perception, but perception is one thing. It's reality of how the kids actually see it and how it plays out in the, in the classroom. So test the, the two things about testing that I don't like about traditional testing is, number one, it only involves a very small part of your staff. Uh, it's usually the core teachers only, and it's something they have to do and something they have to, and, and they take so much pride in it but they don't have a lot of support. And then the second thing is it's kids. Testing can bring so much anxiety to kids and so much, or just make them not want to be at school and it gets dragged out for so long. And so what we want to do my first year, we said, Hey, and I want to emphasize this, not about a test score. Like I said before, it's not about a test score. It's about the kids being their best and doing their best and giving their best effort. Because a lot of times this is a crutch we use in education is, well, we taught the kids, but we don't know if they gave you any effort on the test. We have a thing yeah. called AIM, alignment, instruction, and motivation. And that's a kind of a paramount thing we go by here is, but we can work so hard on alignment, the, the A, and instruction, quality instruction, 
But if they don't have the motivation, then it all can be lost. And I've heard so many teachers from other school districts say, well, I don't know if the kids gave effort, you know, or they cared. And so what we're trying to do as an entire school, we're trying to get kids to care. And we want, we believe everything in life, you have to have something that you care about. You can't go through life without caring about something, something that you want, you want to fight to keep and something that you, you, you do everything you can to protect and to take honor in. And so, and we want kids, we want kids to say, hey, we're going to care about something bigger than yourself. So as a result, with testing, number one, it's not an island. Every every entire staff member in our building and from the cafeteria to our custodial crew, every teacher, aide, secretary, everybody is a part of Tuscaloosa. They all have roles. And so so what we do differently is, is that we test in our advisory teams. So every our advisory classes, if you want to call them that. And so but before we get to that point, we involve our community. So if we're flying over with a helicopter here in the mornings, you're going to see mass numbers of people outside of our building. The first day we had fire, fire, firefighters and police officers and they got the fire ladders out. They got the trucks, alarms going off, sirens going off. It's all, it's amazing. And they're so pumped up to be here. This is what you got to remember as a leader. They, we have people in every community that want to be a part of the school so badly, but they have not, either not been invited or they're not, they don't know how they can help. Find ways to get people from your community into school functions and actions and activities and, and make them feel important. Our firefighters in this town, they're part of our schools. They're part of our school. And so they're they're part of our greeters in the morning. But also they do things like, for example, this is another example of event to a spectacle. We have everybody does egg drops, right? Well, we did our egg drops this year from a hundred foot ladder on a fire truck. OK, and they loved it. And the whole town, town started driving by, seeing what was going on. So each morning, back to Test Blues, I'm getting kind of diving off in rabbit holes here. That's all good, man. <laughs> so to Test Blues, so we have, so one day we have the firefighters. Next day we have, um, we have our college, all our college team. We have a community college in town, Neosho Community College, and they bring all their teams out, their mascot. And there's, we have our, one day we have our drum line, just blaring our, our drum line played for 35 straight minutes. Woke everyone up in our neighborhood. It was awesome. We loved it. Okay. And and so kids, when they get out of the car, they're like jumping out of the cars. They want to see they're or they're running off the bus. They want to see what's going to be out there that morning. And they're so excited. They got smiles on their faces. Parents are taking pictures. We're getting it, it's it's an event alone. Then one day we have the high school come and the high school. Oh, gosh, we have all our teams, our clubs, organizations. They're representing they're representing the high school, but they're coming out. And they're just getting the kids so fired up and making signs. I, if I can even find, holy moly, this year we had so many incredible signs. Uh, like, like, and I know you can't, this is a podcast, and you can't hear it, but Darren, I like, this is high school kids making signs. And, and I wasn't even planning on like, even doing, <laughs> like the high school kids are making signs. And what's been beautiful about this is that, these are all kids I've had in school now. So every high school kids have been a part of Royster with me as the principal. So they miss it. They, they really, they, so they want to be a part of it. So then once we get kids in the building, we all go to the gym and we have these, this year we had a big Olympics theme. And so we had an opening ceremony the day before test blues started where we had a big torch run. And, uh, they said, they said, they, the man, you know, whoever you want the establishment, they said that you couldn't, you know, light a torch in the gym. 
I said, well, have you ever tried, you know? So we went through the code department, the fire department. They called it a science experiment because they loved the idea and they were there. And we had this really incredible, incredible safe place. And so at this opening ceremony, we had the March of Nations, each Rocket Time advisory group. They, they brought in their own flags they made. And then at the very end, I run in with the torch. They showed the video of all the we had people from all over town running different legs of the torch. And I came in at the end running the gym. It was like 130 decimals in there. And then I went over with a, with a torch. I was an open flame made by our wonderful art teacher, Mr. Summers. Then Mr. Bower, our STEM kids, our STEM kids made the box. They did this and they, we went over and we lit it and it was like a purple blue torch just woof, spawned up and we were ready to go. Next day they had the greeters. So the first thing we do before, right before our kids, right before the kids test, they, we go to have a huge assembly. So like I go back where we started every day, we had competitions. We had, we danced, we got the kids sweating. Kids were sweating before they go take the test. We believe here at Royster middle school that you have a, an active body equals an active mind. And so they, they were getting ready. It's like a pregame of a football game or a basketball game or anything else. And then they went to their testing areas. The first year we did this, they said, how can you get kids this wild? And it's not wild. I mean, it's controlled. It's controlled chaos. But get them this wound up before you do something like this. I said, they're, they're going to settle in and be the best they ever have been. And every teacher that questioned it will come back and tell you, no, they were perfect. They were focused. They were ready. Their brains were active. And they gave great effort. We have water. We'll have candy by their testing area. We really treat it like an event inside the classroom. Once the test is over that day, we only do one test per day. Once the test is over that day, then we have this brain break time where the kids can just go decompress. After one, after testing one day, we had a petting zoo. And then each day in the afternoon this year, we had different activities going on where the kids could give back to the community or be a part of the community. And so it was something really special. And, and our attendance that week was off the charts. It averaged 99%. One day we had we had the entire sixth grade class like no one no one's gone and and even the kids that were gone like one kid had to have surgery okay <laughs> well he couldn't help it <laughs> you know it was yeah. so I mean so the kids were apologizing like Mr. Up had to get a surgery I think you're you're fine brother you're fine but but the, kids, <laughs> yeah. but the parents but see in the middle school though Darren it's not just the kids that impact attendance like high school a lot of times it's the parents and the parents feel like they're a part of it and connected to it and so. And so we do that, and I miss. We we didn't do it this year, but a lot of times we have countdown videos. We do with it where the staff makes countdown videos, and it's just something fun, something exciting. The kids never know what's going to happen. They they next year they're expecting me to like jump a ramp with like a fire suit on, the evil Knievel style. I don't know through a fire ring. I don't know. My wife is really giving me a hard no on this one. You know, with all my back problems, <laughs> bunny ears are there. You know, um, but. Um, I, I just feel that everyone can do something, just something to make it special. And so the two things about Tesla is they just take something boring and mundane and we, we make it something fun for the kids. Like you can't tell us we're going to make it boring state. Like if the state says you got to do this, like, no, we're, we're going to do it and we're going to show you, we're going to enjoy it. And we're going to have fun doing it. Yeah. That's one. And the second thing I think there's a lot of takeaways from Tesla, but one is it gets the entire, not only staff, but the community, a part of something, and, and it's really special in that regard. So anything you do when you involve 
all staff and community members in. It's special. And then if you get kids to really take pride in something and to care, that's something very special too. So I'm sorry, Dan. I kind of went on a tangent there. Okay. No, that's fine. And and I think uh, what what I want to chase right now um, was was something that you just said. There, there's just oh my gosh, folks, there were just gold nuggets everywhere in there uh, that that Don was dropping along the trail. But you know, you, you just talked about that community involvement, and you know, I talk about it all the time. Uh, leaders in schools that I work with, that you know, number one, you got to focus on what you can control, and so often. You know, whether it's a testing situation or, or whatever, you know, we feel like, well, we don't have any control over what a parent does. We don't have any control over what a kid does. We don't have any control over what somebody in our community does. And that's true. However, you have, and, and I think you've done just such a brilliant job of this. You have control over how you choose to go and engage with your community, go and engage with your parents, go and engage with your students and so forth. And so, you know, I mean, I'll go back to, you know, your your comment about uh, lighting a torch in the gymnasium you know, and, and how, you know, your fire department folks were like, oh, we'll call it a science experiment. Well, here's why they did that. You know, they did that because they have bought in because you have done what is necessary to get them in your schools. They know what you're doing. They know how important it is. They know that you're somebody who is always going to go big. I mean, that's just all there is to it. You're going to go big. And, and so they're going to, uh, they're going to do everything they can to, to work you through that. If you're not, if you're not doing that work, if you're not trying to build those relationships and get people involved in your school and you call and say, Hey, you want to do this? Your fire marshal probably says that's too bad. You can't, Yeah, you know, but mm -hmm. because they're in your schools all the time, they know your kids, Heck, many of them, I'm sure the kids yeah. are their kids, yeah. you know, exactly. they're like, yeah, heck yeah, let's do, let's do everything we can because everybody, not just your kids, you talk about this with your kids, but, but the truth is what you've created is a community where everybody feels like they're part of something special. And that something special is Royster middle school. It's everything about Royster middle school. And that's, you know, I, I know I'm just basically summarizing what you just said. Um, but to me, that's just such such a big takeaway that if we can be intentional about those relationships, it's incredible how those things end yeah. up coming back, you know, and you're not doing that because you think, oh, down the road, I'll need this. You're doing it because you're just genuine and you want to build relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Can I hit on there? Oh, my gosh. You make me sound so much better. OK, but. <laughs> <laughs> one, one, one disclaimer, we were all legal. We broke no laws. We broke no laws. So we were all legal. But I think a lot of times we don't even ask or we don't even go down that path. Right. Something and we like we make up we make excuses why we can't do it instead of finding ways to make it happen. And I think that's yeah. one of the big separate the leaders, I think. And that's what because we think you got to have a big vision. And this, this story is so funny. We were at parent teacher conference. And Mr. Summers, our teacher, he had he had like you said, had a had a. A, a young lady in class, her, her dad was on the fire department. And so he was so excited about this before you asked the fire department, he went in and said, Hey, let me run this idea by you. And, and so him and his wife were sitting there at the table and the parent teacher conference is over and great. And they were sitting there talking. And so Mr. Summers calls me over and we we're like, okay, here we go. We're going to shoot this plan at you. Okay. And he didn't have, I mean, this is the first time he heard it. And he was like, thinking, oh, my, oh, you, you open flame in there, like right inside there. You want open flame, like big open flame. Oh, yeah, big torch, big everything. And 
he was like, okay, all right, all right, we're gonna, okay, we're gonna have to get more people to be involved in this, you know, and and so I said, I, he said, I don't, no one's ever done it before, no one's ever done this before, so let's, oh, I don't know, and his wife just said, you're not chasing greatness, like you find a way. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes. I'm like, like, she's like, chasing greatness is to find a way to make this torch happen in the gym. That's chasing greatness. And I'm like, boom. I said, awesome, let's go. And so, so I felt so bad for him that night. But you know, he he went back. We got, we had so many people come in and get involved in this. But it is, it is so fun. I've had so many principals ask me, said like, how'd you do that? Like, how'd you pull that off? I'm like, people love us. That's what we do. There you go. <laughs> Well, relationships, man, that's what it's all about. It really is. And well, and, and I think you, you've done such a great job. You know, you've mentioned chasing greatness a few times. And, you know, folks, if you follow Don, um, if you paid any attention to anything to do with uh, the work that he's led at Royster Middle School, everything is going to come with that hashtag chasing greatness. And, you know, it, it's not just simply a hashtag. It's 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 your brand and not just Don Epps, but it's it's become it's become the the brand clearly of Royster middle school. If you have parents turning to their spouse saying, Hey, you're not chasing greatness. If you don't find a way to make this happen, clearly you have, you have built that brand, but, but those things take time. Right. So Mm -hmm. what's, uh, I want to get into a couple of areas now. Um, I mean, honestly, we, we could just continue on this line and just have a blast, but I want, I want to help, um, you know, on leaning into leadership podcast, we have a lot of listeners who, are fairly early in their leadership career. And, you know, maybe, maybe not willing as much early in their career, like, like you are now, like I was, you know, to just say out of heck with it, we're going to just do this. Let's go find a way to make this happen. Um, let, let's talk about maybe, you know, for those, for those newer leaders, um, a couple, a couple of things I want to hit. Number one is, is back to chasing greatness. Um, how, how did building that brand come about and, and maybe what were a couple of things in the process that got you to where you are? Because again, I, I know there are a lot of young leaders, early career leaders who are trying to find that brand, you know, and without stealing from somebody else, they need to find their own. How, how did you get to chasing greatness? Well, I think a lot of times um, brands or your motto, your creed or whatever you want to go by, they, they pitch and hold themselves. And so like when chasing greatness first came about, a lot of times you would say like rocket pride or, you know, RMS proud or th- those kind of things. And I, I like a former, a former principal at another high school at diamond, Missouri. I, we had, we had, you know, DH DHS proud. And I said, well, I, I wanted to go bigger than this, like pigeonholing that school. Cause it, all, all it said, what that's more of an, that's more of a result. Okay, we're trying to make something proud instead of a process. And so I want to get more of a, a process or a journey. And so I, I always thought about, you know, Hamish Birds talk about chasing championships and things like that. And, and he said that a few times, you know, you know, a few years ago back in the day. And I'm like, yeah, I, I don't want a destination. Okay. And I want to be part of something. And so I, I don't know, it just kind of came to me one day, like chasing greatness. It don't, it's not saying you're great. It's not saying you're great. But it's saying that I want to be great and I want to be my very best. And so and how you can use that. So then the next part of that brand is you have to be able to incorporate that brand into your everyday moments. Okay, they have to be teaching tools. And so if your brand, that's kind of litmus test for a brand. If you can if you can teach kids with it 
or reinforce the positive or call it the negative with it, then that's you really got something. Okay. So right now you'll see you'll hear kids use it all day long in our school. Okay. And it'll, it'll be like it'll be sincere, like, hey, my brother, that's not chasing greatness. And it'll be something another another peer did. Or it'll be teachers use it as a teaching tool. Or we celebrate with it, you know, just like, hey, that's chasing greatness, you know. And then we then we take all chasing greatness can be so many things. It can be it can be standing up for right when standing up for right is the hardest thing to do. That's, that's pretty big in a middle school. That's chasing greatness. Okay. So it can be anything. And it's, it's, it, it's bigger than me. I mean, I want anyone to use it. I mean, any school could use it or anybody can use it. And by, but to use it, you have to commit to it. And it's got to be a part of everyday life in your school. And so, yeah, we see it's everywhere in our building. It's everywhere. It's everywhere. But, but everywhere you see it, it has a meaning. It has a purpose. And it's not about a destination. I, I, I had a teacher confront me when I first got here, you know, and, and it was from a different building. And she says, she said, well, that's so stupid. Like, why would you ever like say chasing greatness? Like, and I said, be patient, girlfriend, be patient. You'll see, you'll see. And, and so with that, I, I think something that your school can take pride in. I wouldn't pigeonhole it to this your school or to especially to a year i think a lot of people even put a year to it you know like no right and that, it's all, that all describes either that that that's finite places or time you know it needs to be beyond that it needs to be a part of what you do in life you know it never ends it's always a process always something you build towards that's what's the advice and it can be anything it's just the fact that it has to define what you're all about and we're all about being our best Cells, being our best you and we're gonna have ups and downs and we're gonna we're gonna make mistakes and do stupid things but we're always we always have the support to get back and, and keep moving towards something bigger than ourselves so that's kind of the brand concept um and make it a part and use it like especially use it a part when you make a post like incorporate it into the post you know you're making or things like that or when you're talking to parents you know they always bring up that's just something that i think now it's kind of it's got a, it's it's a machine now i mean it's like in terms of it it produces itself i mean parents like like that parent yeah. using that. that's not uncommon by the way and, and everybody in town knows it you know and uh and so you know at first people can start making fun of a little bit like that one person did or try to back but it's not mm -hmm. it, it is a uh, it's something that it's really people take a lot of pride in and kids feel like it's like a passage you get to the, get to middle school it's like part of the they want to be part of the chasing greatness you know yeah, I think I think you hit on a, a couple of really important parts there. And when when you're trying to build a brand, uh, and actually just listening to you talk about how how you developed chasing greatness and how that just kind of came about, and and how you wanted to be part of a process, not just a journey, um, honestly made me reflect a little bit on you know kind of the organic way that Road Awesome came about too. Exactly. You know, it's exactly. you know that's again it's it's about a destination. You know, I tell people all the time when I speak or or whatever that you know Road Awesome is not there's not one road. Everybody has their own Road to mm -hmm. Awesome. You just have to you know you have to be the one to navigate it and and focus on these things that are in common and. Um, so, yeah, so definitely, folks, if if you're you're thinking about that, you know, about, you know, hey, I'm in my you know, I'm in my first year as a principal of fill in the blank school, you know, yeah, think about the destination. I think that's a key key thing that Don just hit on it. And two, it just just listening to you talk, it, chasing greatness was something that that came from from within you that that ultimately became bigger than your than yourself. You know, don't don't try to make 
that brand something that you're not. I mean, it's just like it's just like building the vision for your school, right? You know, or or having that, you know, having that that ultimate, you know, goal of, you know, here's where here's where I want us to go again about the destination. You know, it's it's got to be genuine and it's got to be authentic. So I, I appreciate everything that that you said there on on how you came about chasing greatness because it's it, it honestly it's something Don when I hear you say it. It just seems so natural. And and part of it, I'm sure, is that you've done it, you know, for, for a number of years now, but um it just it fits you perfect. And and I'm I'm certain, you know, that that it fits Royster Middle School perfect as well. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. And and like I said, I think one of the biggest things for a new leader is they you have to you, you have to show people you care and you can't tell them you care. You have to it's got to be through your actions. And Darren, can I, can I give one little secret sauce thing that I've done? It's been very successful yeah, for me. Yeah, go for it. Okay, like, so Please. if you're a new leader going into a building or even after your first year, the worst thing you can do is go in with an ego and say, hey, I know everything. You can get on my shoulders and I'm going to take you to the promised land. I mean, I, people will read through that. Kids kids are the greatest detector of, of offense. I mean, if you're authentic, they'll, they'll know. They'll know. And yeah. so one thing I think is so key is, in that summer that you're going making that transition, have individual conversations with PLC teams, or it could be just teacher teams, whatever it is, or in, individuals, and say, hey, what's great about our school? What are things we still have to grow in? And just get that feedback and interview them, talk to them. Okay. Then I guarantee you're gonna find a you're gonna find a consensus in at least three or four things. You're gonna find a consensus. And then you give that feedback to the staff and say, okay, hey, here's where I've seen kind of a, a similarity across the board. Now we're going to we're going to address those things. Now the old Don S would say, okay, I see them. Now I'm going to fix them. I'm going to fix them. Let me fix them. Okay. And that's where I've really grown as a leader. Now I would say, hey, we now have consensus. How can we fix these things? How can we address these things? How can we make the part, part of the better? Give shared ownership. And then, so there's two things going on. You show that you care about what their biggest concerns about the school is or organization. And then the next step is going to be you empower them to be a part of the difference and part of the solution. And now they have buy-in. And all of a sudden, you just taken off three or four years of just trust off the table. I mean, now they, that trust is already much quicker than you ever. It's so hard to get trust, right? You yeah. have the honeymoon period where you think everything's going great. But they're just filling you out. <laughs> you know, they people just filling you out. Yeah. The honeymoon period, really, it, it like I said, it, it's don't read into that. What you really need in is identify what the problems are, what, what the problem the school is, or the areas of growth, and then show that you care about them, and then empower people to be a part of the solution. I think that's, and if once you get the parents and the kids to be a part of that in the, the years to come, then now you now you're really, really cooking. And so. So let's let's run right from that into that first year, uh, and maybe it's first year, second year. I don't know. Um, in a nutshell, I'll tell you, um, and I think you know the story. But my first year as a principal, going from AP to principal, I mean, it was like night and day. And my first year as a principal, I struggled big time. Yeah, I mean, I. I yeah. But this isn't about me. This is this is Don Epps right now. So what was maybe either something you're struggling with now or go back to that first year or two, you know, some yeah. struggle that you had? Because honestly, I think we learn as much, if not more, from where people struggled and overcame than from just pure success. 
Okay, so this is something that I have really had to balance. I when I say this, I say thing about you, Darren. We care and love each individual kid in our school, each individual teacher, mm-hmm. each person we care and love. We care, we, we we they're like our family. But it's early on. It's so it's so easy to see the school as individuals, which we want to do. It helps us to keep grounded. But the decisions that you make for an individual student is going to affect the entire student body, the entire staff, or that same thing goes with a teacher. Okay. And you may know that kid's issues. You may know that kid's how they woke up that morning or what that teacher has been going through. But when you start making individual adjustments or make exceptions or start, then, then, then what happens, you can lose the entire organization very, very quickly. You, I mean, because not everybody, we want to show that support for the entire school, but you can't get lost on the needs of one individual kid. And I say that, and that sounds like one of the most cruel things I ever would say. It don't mean you don't care for them. We give them support. We give them where they need to go. You hold them accountable. You do all of that. But when you start losing yourself on individuals instead of the whole, that's when you start, you can't, there are not enough hours in the day. And I used to think I was Superman. I, I can help each individual person. I'm going to be the counselor. I'm going to be the judge, jury, jury everything. I'm going to be everything. And then you start losing the vision of the entire school doing that. So having supports in place is critical. And it does not mean you don't love each individual. You do. You love them. You love them so much you're going to hold them accountable. You're going to give them the right areas of support and help them. But you absolutely have to keep that bigger thing, keep the bigger vision in mind. Now, I'm going to go a little more in a different way on this next part. Sure. This this one, I've really been bouncing around, and I've really worked really hard on this over the last two years. It's really been a, a collection of the last couple of, of 18 to 20 years in education. But I think in each or in every organization, no matter if you're working a factory, a business office or a school or university, it don't matter where it's at. You're going to have a certain percentage of people as positive leaders. You're going to have a certain percentage of negative leaders. Then, But then that's only small on both sides. There was a small percent. The majority of the people land in between positive followers or negative followers. And a lot of times when you go in someplace new, all you're going to hear about and hear from are the negative side. Okay, so when I came here, they're 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 the the, the senior class now. We're going to be senior class. They were like, well, this class is horrible. This class needs to move on to high school. This class, this this class, that that class had so many positive kids, leaders, and followers in that class, and so many kids who followed negative who just needed something positive to follow. Is that the stereo? You're making a stereotype up of a of an entire group of people over maybe five to 10 kids. And so as a leader, you have to be able to one, neutralize the influence of the negative leadership, give the negative follower the pathway to move across the line, give them a pathway to move across the line, give them something positive to follow, give them a part of something. A lot of times these kids are not part of organizations, clubs, sports, or just they're they're usually kids that fall through the cracks a lot. And then in no way turn your back on the negative leaders. No way. Yes, you're going to lay siege to their negative influence if that's what they're current, currently doing. But then you're going to dive into that group of people and identify what's what's their why. Like why, like in, in staff, for example, I call it the Eeyore syndrome a lot of times. Eeyores. 
They've probably been through a yeah. lot of different leaders. They've been through, they, they've been burned a lot of times. And their why, when they started and their survival now are so far, they, they turn into survivalists. And as a result, get them reconnected to their why. Because these negative leaders, they're never going to be negative followers and positive followers. They're going to they're gonna go, they're going to flip and they're going to go over to the positive side. But they need to be reconnected to their why. They need to be where they can have a positive influence in the school. And this goes for staff and kids. And so this is something I've been just diving so hard into and really identifying it. Going into classrooms, we, we talk about it every week in our school, this paradigm. But going into classrooms and saying, kids, all right, visualizing this room, who's the positive leaders, who's the negative leaders, who's who's followers? And what we find is, is that a lot of schools, organizations, factories, the positive leaders in the in the organization, they don't have the platform or the tools or the know-how to spread that positive influence. So they get minimized a lot of times. And but but it's easy to complain. It's easy to gripe. It's easy to cause chaos in the negative leader side, but they all need followers. And so you got to minimize the followers, then focus on what their why is. Now, that was a whole lot of crap, Darren, in a short amount of time. I'm sorry. No, it's for it's a whole lot of gold is what it was. No, it was awesome. It was awesome. I, I love that you went to dealing with, with those negative influencers in your school. Um, I had a conversation last week with uh, a fairly new leader. Um, I was uh, speaking at a conference in, in Lake Tahoe and a couple of people were like, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm brand new in my role. Can I just, can I just kind of pick your brain? Um, they had heard and they're soaking it all in. Right. You know, I mean, they're, they're getting ready to start their first year. This one guy's going to be a brand new high school principal and he's soaking it all in. And his question to me was, you know, what do you do you know, with those, with that handful of negative people. And he's like, you know, I heard one person say, oh, just ignore him. And another person said, dive into him. And another person said this, and another person said this. We we all have our own way to address that. You know, as, as a high school principal, I, I had my, I had my team of five. Um, I mean, really there were six, it was three couples, but the one kind of, but she was my way in. You know, it was, you know, this one who's kind of on the fringe, that's who I'm going to go and I'm going to have those conversations with. But, but like you, I was intentional going at them too. And and not to go at them and challenge them, but rather tell me what's going on. You know, what's, what seems yeah. to be the issue. And it gets to another, to me, just an absolute leadership tenant. And that is, you've got to listen to actually hear them listen mm -hmm. to actually like, understand what's going on, not just listen to, to come up with something that you can say, who got you there? Ha, now I'll prove you wrong. That's a big mistake. I think early career leaders make is, Hey, I'm just looking for the opportunity to shut them down. Right. You know, yeah. you, you laugh cause, cause you've probably done it before. I know I did. I, yeah. man, that was a tough thing to overcome. <laughs> Listening to respond is get you in trouble. So. Yeah. Without, without question. Um, Without question. Um, okay. Hey, so let's, let, let's do this. Let's go right to, let's go right to that last question. Um, and man, you can chase this any direction you want to go. You've hit already a lot of things that you're doing to lean into leadership, but you know, maybe there's some other things you want to hit right now, Don Epps, what are you doing to lean into leadership? I'm leaning into leadership by learning from other extraordinary leaders. I, I think it, we, we've come out of a time of COVID where we're still, I would never say we're out of it. I'm just saying, but we're coming through yeah. that era, which we survived every day. And what a lot of with our survival is we stopped learning. 
and how I, I I need to lean in to all the incredible leaders that I that, that I'm friends with, like you, Darren. I I have to I need to spend eighty percent of my professional growth just learning from others, and instead of trying to always generate something, I when I first got on the Twitter, I was too terrified ever to tweet something. I it was like I was horrified to ever even take a chance at tweeting something. Okay, so all I did was I just started little by little started following incredible people. And Darren, you, you were one of those people. I just started little by little started. I found this person out and I would, and well, then I started learning from them. And I started retweeting it, started sharing it, started sharing with my staff. And then that gave me confidence to start, to start making my own, you know, Hey, here's my thoughts on this. This is, or that tweet or that whatnot and quote tweets and that, those kind of things. And then I think I got to a point around about 2000, I don't know, maybe 18, 19, a little bit, where I was like, I was producing a lot of stuff, but maybe I should have spent more time listening. And and I think now coming through everything we've been through, I think now I just need to listen more, learn more, lean on the people, not only out there in the education world that I have so much respect for, but my personal friends. One thing I have really leaned into is learning from the U.S. military leadership structure. I'm, I'm like all in on this right now. The U.S. Army War College is an amazing resource that I've been learning from, learning on strategic abandonment, learning all that, and just trying to apply things to my life, okay? I'm, I'm big into history and military actions, and not, not military as in like war, death, and those kinds of things, just leadership decisions made through military actions. Why that decision made? And so that's something I've learned so much and I'm really trying to commit. I'm probably doing less, less videos now than I've ever done, but I'm trying to learn more, trying to, and Darren things. I, I listen, like I said, I listen to your podcast probably three or four times. And I, I believe that we get to the point where we don't think we can learn anymore. We get to the point of, we start, we don't grow and we have to keep growing and keep learning from people around us. So me, it's leaning in to other incredible leaders. And then when I do that, I'm going to become a better leader. And so that's where I'm kind of in that situation. I, I love that answer for for a for a bunch of reasons. I actually wrote that right down. That as part of our survival, we stopped learning. And as leaders, we 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 got to kickstart that again. I mean, we've got to really continue or pick back up where we left off on on learning from each other. Honestly, and and this is part of why I love that answer so much. That is that is the reason that that I created this podcast because there's so many great leaders that are out there both in and outside of the education space and man, it, we we only get better if we learn from each other. And uh, I know beyond the shadow of a doubt a whole lot of people have gotten a whole lot better today because they they had the opportunity to learn from you. So thank you so much, Don, for being on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, man. You're you're an inspiration. You're you're a great guy. You're a heck of a good friend. Um, and I really appreciate you, man. Thanks so much. Well, thank you, Darren. If anyone want to visit, talk, have questions, or hey, how can this apply to me? Give me a shout out. Just reach out. I'm on Twitter. I'm on the Twitter. So just make sure that you understand one thing. We're better together and having people like Darren in your life makes you a much, much better person. And I appreciate you for everything you're doing, Darren. Like I said before, thank you. I appreciate uh, it. Thank, thanks so much, Don. All of Don's contact information, that kind of stuff is going to be in the show notes, folks. So definitely reach out to him, take him up on that. Um, it's a conversation you won't forget. So make sure you do it. Every time I get an opportunity to sit down and have a conversation with Don, I just absolutely love it. 
Um, I'll give you a little insight, by the way. Um, the first time that I actually met Don, we, we met in person. Unlike so many of our interactions now that happen virtually, I met Don at a job fair at Pittsburgh State University in Pittsburgh, Kansas in February of 2020. So yes, just before the world shut down, I'm wandering through this job fair, the only district from Colorado who's at this job fair. By the way, we hired two rock star teachers. But then I came across Don Epps. He recognized me just as I recognized him. We had a great conversation and really, really kicked off a great friendship from that moment forward. And I appreciate everything about Don. I appreciate the energy and fire he brings. And I hope you picked up on some of the gold nuggets that he dropped all throughout that interview. I'm going to go back to one in particular. And that really was Don's instructional model. And he didn't label it that way. But he talked about it when, when he was kind of sharing some insights into Testapalooza that in order to achieve the best success for their students, there are three elements that are crucial, and that's alignment, instruction, and motivation. So it's not always about how good quality instruction happens in the classroom. Sometimes we have to talk about being aligned in terms of all of our goals, all of those outcomes, all of those standards that we're trying to hit, and of course, you got to have some motivation behind it. So alignment, instruction, motivation, an absolute gold nugget from Don Epps. I hope you enjoyed the episode as much as I did. And now it's time for a little pep talk. Every one of us has a goal. Every one of us has something we want to achieve. And maybe that's related to some side hustle that we have, or maybe it's related to the specific work that we do on a day-in, day-out basis. Maybe it's even just something in our personal lives related to our physical fitness or achieving the next degree that we want to uh, achieve. Whatever the case may be, we tend to fall short when we just set a goal and don't have the supports that are necessary. And that's where I want to talk a little bit about results coaching. Um, I'll tell you, my coaching story goes back to my first year as a high school principal and honestly not even being able to put the snorkel away. I, my head was underwater the entire year. Fortunately, we got a new superintendent, which meant he brought in leadership coaching and I got to interact with a coach for the first time ever. I had this belief that coaches were only for people who really struggled. And in my case, yes, I was struggling, but that's not why the coach was brought in. I had a leader in that office who believed in coaching for everyone. By having that person there to support me, he gave me that third point perspective that said, you know, hey, Darren, you need to think about this or what, what is your goal here? He asked so many questions and I loved it because it gave me the opportunity to reflect and to move forward. And honestly, I was never the same leader again. I became such a a really strong leader who was clear on what they wanted to accomplish rather than just running around putting out fires. If you're looking at goals, if you're looking at something you want to achieve and you haven't yet gotten there, maybe that's something to consider. Is there a coach out there who can help support you? Now, there are a lot of results coaches out there, and I will tell you that myself, along with my good friend Brandon Beck, have put together a program called Unlocking Unlimited Potential on the Road to Awesome. It's an opportunity to get some coaching, to get that support. And I'll be honest, every one of our clients has achieved some incredible success. If you're interested, reach out, give us a shout. The information you need is in the show notes. But here's the key. If you're going to achieve at the highest level possible, you need somebody who can give you that little bit of different perspective, that little bit of motivation, that little bit of accountability 
that keeps you moving forward and getting you down your road to awesome. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I know I did. This was an absolute blast. Folks, get out there. Enjoy yourself this week. Enjoy your summer. Have a road to awesome week, and we'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.